2: Welcome to the RotoWire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. James, our second to last prospect pod officially of the year. Uh, it's been a great run, another great season under our belts. Uh, we are also going to be adding on a live podcast in the second weekend of October at First Pitch, Arizona on that Saturday we have confirmed. So, uh, there's that first pod night on Friday, but then uh, you and I are going to be on part of the second group on Saturday.
3: Yeah, that's our annual buzzed podcast of the year. That's <laughs> uh, pretty much the only prospect podcast we'll get to do where we've uh, had a couple drinks beforehand, so... that's and it's right after fun. the Fall
2: Stars game, so we might have... Yeah, I mean, it'll basically many. just
3: be a, a Fall Stars game <laughs> recap and yeah. just a prospects in the AFL, um, you know, an hour hour's worth of content on that, but... Uh, yeah that should be a good time as always.
2: And on this show today we are going to be doing something a little different. You know we've done some drafts in the past but we're going to be drafting hitters today. Rookie hitters. uh, Hitters who were rookies this year and trying to build a full NFBC style offense from these hitters.
3: Yeah it's anyone that began the year as prospect eligible and played in the majors this year. So uh, for the most part these are guys that have lost their prospect eligibility heading into next year, but there will be guys like Nico Horner and uh, you know Kyle Tucker might still have his prospect eligibility. So uh, there will be a few prospects that we're taking, but a lot of these guys have lost their eligibility. And I just thought it would be a good way for people to kind of get a sense of which of these guys you and I might end up having some shares of in redraft leagues next year.
2: Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I remember you worked me over in a Pitching prospect draft, and you'll probably work me over. But let's just agree not to look back. Sure, this. sure. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs>
3: um, am I picking first? Yeah, you have the first pick. We'll do a snake, so I'll pick uh, second and third, and then I'll be back to you at fourth and fifth.
2: This is tough, man, because this this list of players, you kind of created a little cheat sheet for us. So I appreciate that. Uh, list of players is just absurd. These crop of young talent in the game, and this isn't even – including some of the, the best of the best. Uh, just the rookies from this year is a great, great crop.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's very, very loaded. Uh, there's probably 40-plus guys that are going to have uh, mixed league relevance uh, that are going to get drafted in mixed leagues next year, I would say, of, of this bunch. and uh, the, Yeah, like you said, it doesn't count You know, young studs like Labor Torres, doesn't count guys like Joe Adele who are still waiting to see debut, uh, and there's still just plenty to choose from.
2: Now I want to stress here too that we're trying to do this like we're actually competing in a well, it'd be a five category. Right? League.
3: Yeah, I mean you got to think about speed. So yeah. you're you're thinking about all five roto categories. You're not just going for the you know, other four categories. I mean there are only. Uh, let me see. I, I looked this up. Um, so of the players who are eligible for this draft, there are. 12 that are at double-digit steals right now and a few of those guys are like Richie Martin and Dylan Moore and Terrence Gore guys that we're not even going to take so uh, there's really only about nine guys you would consider taking that have even gotten to double-digit steals this year so speed is of uh, a pretty big premium
2: yeah and that changes things for me here a little bit I think in a vacuum if I were picking just with the entire player pool in the majors I may go with a certain util-only type. But since we are considering speed and only using this pool of players, I think I am going to go Fernando Tatis Jr. with my first pick. Of course, the injury shortened the season. That was disappointing. But, man, he looked like a legitimate superstar. when on the field. He runs. Um, The juice ball, the power plays up, obviously. I mentioned to Todd, I'm done questioning, like with Horner, if a guy's power is going to play up because everybody's power it's playing out. But um Tatis Jr is my pick. I don't feel great about it. Uh but what do, what do you think of that?
3: Yeah, he would he would have been my pick there as well. The you know, I I think I would probably actually take him first of this bunch even if we did have the whole player pool, but it's cl- like it's a lot closer if we have the whole player pool between a guy like Tatis and Alvarez and Alonso and Vlad and
2: <laughs> uh
3: I mean all those guys I think are going to be easy top 40 or so picks in terms of ADP next year so it's definitely sort of close but i mean the the speed factor there uh and i mean it's going to be kind of clear here i i don't think that i can go these next two picks without addressing at least some speed uh on my roster i mean it would be you know i don't know it'd be appealing to just go like vlad and jordan alvarez or alvarez and Alonzo or something like that but i do think i have to add some speed to this roster. Um,
2: before you admit, before you announce your pick, I just want to know, you said do you think Vlad's going to be a borderline top 40 overall guy next year? Because I'm starting to think that he's going to fall. You don't? Oh, okay. Just um, because this second half has been...
3: I hadn't noticed him really falling, and I guess the, the, the mocks, I, I haven't looked at too many mocks. I, no, I mean, sort of feel like I've been seeing him in the third round. Um, you know, maybe you're right. Like, I, I do think the closer we get to... Opening day, I do think speed is going to continue to get pushed up all offseason. Like, I mean, I, I think it might actually get kind of crazy. Like, the you're going to have to take these guys like VR and, and Robles and stuff like in the top 50, I think, at, at some yeah. point during draft season. So maybe, I maybe that
2: Mondesi means, even going like early second. In some leagues,
3: I, I think he's a late first type of I mean, guy. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, okay. So, I, I, maybe I'm wrong about Vlad going that high. I mean, to me, I don't see a huge difference in what I'm anticipating for 2020 value out of Vlad Alvarez and Alonzo. And I'm pretty confident that Alvarez and Alonzo will be top 40 guys. Um, so I am going to take, you know, I'm going to take, uh, Vlad, man, this is going to be so stupid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, actually, no. I'm not going to take Vlad. I'm going to take Peter Alonzo and Victor Robles. I don't really want to clog my util just yet. Oh, wow. I want don't to... leave me your Don, huh? I mean, I'm I'm getting the top <sighs> home run guy on the board and the top stone base guy on the board, and I know I'm letting extreme value fall to you here at, at picks four and five, but I just... I didn't want to try to cobble together speed without getting one of Robles or Tatis.
2: Yeah, I think that's... I mean, you can't really go wrong, but and yeah, getting some speed is necessary there. Interesting, though, because, again, I was wrestling between Tatis and Alvarez to start, and I will end up getting both. Uh, how about that? Good for me. Man, you're killing uh, You're <laughs> already have to. An amazing start. I mean, when I draft like a 12-team league, I think my team's stacked. Uh, this two-team offense-only league.
3: Yeah, you get one uh, more, too.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm thinking this. I think I think there's only... Oh, man. You know, this is actually tougher than I thought because there are actually three guys here who I think you can make a case for next year, and it sounds blasphemous after how high I was on Vlad. But I think Vlad... Is in this mix and then a couple of middle infielders. I think Kesson Hira and Kevin Biggio should should also be considered in this. Really? You uh, yeah. over Bobachette. Oh oh I'm sorry. I s I meant Bichette. I said Biggio didn't I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not Biggio He did have he <laughs> wow. did hit for the cycle yesterday, hey, but no, I'm wow. not recency biased. <laughs> I meant I meant Bobachet. Um Ugh, man. I don't want to let those 20 steals from Tatis go to waste, you know. I don't want to let you just close the gap. So I'm tempted to lean maybe like Hira, but he's been out. There's still those swing and miss issues in the game. I think I'm just going to play it safe, get that foundational building block, and go Vlad Jr. Type it in. Yeah, I think
3: you couldn't have let him fall further than that. Um Huh. All right. Well, I'm definitely taking Bichette. I think that yeah. he, you know, I it'll be interesting to to try to figure out his projections for stolen bases next year because I think he's four for eight uh, in 44 games, and you know, I think that's about right for just his success rate. And I wonder, I I think they'll have another year there where they're just going to let guys run. I mean, rebuilding teams typically will give you the green light more often than not. So I I do think he will be able to continue to run even if he's not all that successful. But maybe it's only, I mean, maybe you project him for 18 steals, 20 steals, and that might be even a little optimistic. So, I mean, that's still nice, though. I mean, in, in this environment, if you can get anyone that's giving you double digits, that's nice. And then... Obviously, Bichette's going to help out with uh, the other categories as well. Um, so I am deciding between a few guys. I'm actually, I'm not going to take Hira. I'm deciding between Gavin Lux and Ila Jimenez. Hmm. Um, I am going to take. I'm going to take Gavin Lux. So, Bo Bichette and Gavin Lux. I think Lux, that offensive context he's going to be in in Los Angeles. um, You know, I think there's similar stolen base upside with Lux as there is with Bichette. uh, He wasn't running a ton earlier this year, but he's got enough speed to steal double digit bases as long as he hits for a a high average, which I expect him to. Uh, Obviously, some power there as well. So, uh, I think he's a bit more well-rounded than Hira and Eloy, even though they they probably have more uh, home run upside for next year.
2: Very nice. Very nice. So to recap so far, um, I took Fernando Tatis, then James went Alonso and Victor Robles. Then I went um, Vlad and Jordan Alvarez, and then you took – Gavin lux. Yeah. Gavin, gavin lux yep. yeah gavin lux definitely deserves to be in that Bichette conversation that i was talking about and here i uh, i think as well it's kind of in that hunt although you you're skeptical about that like 40 20 pace he was showing hero hero um
3: <laughs> ah, man that's just such a high-end outcome for him in my opinion I, the, the home runs i'm maybe less skeptical on uh you know, I, I just, there's no way I'm entering into my projections next year, 40, 20 for here. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to put in like, I don't know, 35 and 12 or 35 and 14, uh, but I'm going to have Gavin Lux probably around 30 and 16, something like that, 25 and 18 something like that so i think there's just a little bit more well-roundedness there with lux i feel better about the hit tool in terms of him hitting for a consistent high average i know there's probably cast Hira people out there that think i'm crazy for giving lux that kind of uh credit when Hira has much more uh plate appearances under his belt but i just i just think lux is is a better hitter
2: yeah fair enough he's certainly looks great so far um I sat him this week in like the first half of the week. Just They were only playing two games, going up against the lefty, but I know he had a, at least one base hit yesterday. Really impressive player. Well, before I make my next two picks, a real quick word from our primary sponsor, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter. And a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com. Slash Daily Fantasy. James, I am going to take Kesson Hira, add to that speed foundation, just a lot of category juice, and then, you know, maybe a little batting average downside there. Maybe I'm nursing a little B.A., uh taking a little B.A. hit there with uh, Jordan Alvarez. So I'm going to make it up with not Eloy Jimenez, but a different uh, guy to to uh, begin my outfield and that's Brian Al- or Brian Reynolds. Oh. Let's say Brian Alvarez. Uh, Brian Reynolds, look, I'm a believer. What he's doing in terms of hitting for average, just the consistency, it seems like he's been hitting, it seems like there hasn't been a two week stretch where he hasn't hit like 200. Uh, just incredible. And Eloy's been okay. He's fine. But um, I think maybe this new juice ball kind of closes the gap in terms of what he can provide compared to other players. Like maybe he's still got that big upside but it just seems like if he's not hitting with the same kind of consistency as others then that power is just going to kind of get lost in the shuffle i feel
3: like you don't have Eli in many
2: leagues i really don't
3: because if you did you would know that he has just been on he's an on a insane tear, tear. uh he's hitting 370 with six home runs over his last 19 games um you know he's just he's never gonna walk a ton he's not going to walk as much as you would think that his just raw gifts would lead to him walking uh so there's a gap between his value in obp leagues and batting average leagues but uh, i mean eloy is the type of guy where i will project him for around 40 home runs next year i think that's that's an easy call for me i think the only way he doesn't get to 40 is if he misses more than like 25 games next year which is definitely possible given his history but uh that's I I just think Eloy is a guy that I'm going to have so many shares of next year. Um, There's people that are maybe, you know, like I just said with, with yourself, people that maybe aren't noticing uh, just the fact that he's been about as good as you could have expected on a per game basis this year. It's just that people like Peter Alonso and Jordan Alvarez uh, have kind of stolen the headlines for Fernando Tatis when he was healthy and a lot of what Eloy did came before uh September when a lot of people start paying attention to football. But I mean he's he has not been a disappointment to me as a rookie. I think this is just kind of a, a classic rookie type of season from a, a top prospect. He just hasn't been otherworldly like some of these guys. Uh so I'm I'm happy to take Eloy here.
2: Um Yeah, I mean Eloy has been good. I'm one ten WRC plus, he's turned it on lately uh twenty six point eight k percentage though just a little high and i mentioned brian brian reynolds consistency uh april four thirty or four twenty three three twenty two three sixty nine two fifty six three fifty one two fifty eight those are his monthly batting averages just a remarkable level of consistency
3: yeah i'm I'm definitely not hating on reynolds, and that's a guy that i would i would expect to end up with a decent amount of places next year as well. i think you know, even if you just regressed his batting average and said he's gonna hit like two eighty five next year, I still think he's gonna end up being a value at where his ADP settles just because I, I just don't think a lot of people were on him or have had him. Like I think a, like I have a ton of Brian Reynolds shares And I'm sure that's the case with a lot of owners where you have him on almost every team. And so I just don't think there's a ton of people that have really been appreciating just what's going on with him.
2: Yeah, now that I have Vlad and Reynolds, I can bring on those sinkholes.
3: Yeah, and uh, I thought you were going to go for one of those sinkholes with the Reynolds pick, but um, you opted
2: uh, opted not (laughs) to. I don't even know who you're referencing, but I'll figure it out probably. Oh, my Reds? (laughs) Hell yeah. Bring that sinkhole on. All right, I'll let so i let you make your other. Picks. I have one more pick. Uh,
3: you know, I I could go a lot of different ways here. Um, this is where it's t- starting to to flatten out. Where I think there's about you know eight to ten guys that are pretty similar. Um, you know, this is a batting average league again. Uh, this is another guy where big difference in his value in OBP versus batting average. But I'm going to take uh, Tommy Edmund who uh, had a very impressive home run uh, a couple hours ago off of Max Scherzer. It was a pitcher's pitch, out of the zone, low, and he was somehow able to get good wood on it and yank it out. Uh, He's another guy. When we're talking about these, these rookies in terms of stolen bases, Edmund is sixth among all rookies with 13 steals, and he's played 81 games, so... You know, there's a shot at, at 20 steals with him, and I think that that alone is going to end up pushing him. And one of the guys he's behind among rookies is Tim Castro, who I don't think either of us are going to take. So it's Robles, Tatis, Kevin Newman, Nick Senzel, Tommy Edmond are your top five among rookies and stolen bases, that rookies that we expect to be taken in mixed league. So just the speed alone I think is appealing with Edmond. I think his lineup placement next year is going to be appealing. And he could continue to build off of uh, this sort of power – uh, the step step he's taken in the power department this year.
2: Yeah, no, I hear that. It's a good case. Now I got a tough call on my hands. Now it starts to definitely not thin out. There's still a lot of really good players on the board, but it gets a little bit more uh, bunched. This is tough. And I actually think I'm going to take a guy, a different red, oh. not the sinkhole. Uh, a guy who was a sinkhole before going – down for good. I think he's going undergoing shoulder surgery, too, right? but uh, Nick Senzel, I'm going to take. I uh, really liked what he's shown in center, and he showed flashes, too, just at the plate. Um, it was a growth year, you know? He's, I think he wore down. He hadn't played so deep into a season before, and he was actually trying to make adjustments to his swing. He was more upright with his stance and was trying to maybe in part copy Aquino some other red sitters who have who have had some success standing up more upright in the box, uh, but yeah, it was an up and down season. But I think Senzel has, still has a very bright future. My my I'm main. About
3: so I, I want to ask you with him. I'm not that worried about the production at this point. I'm just starting to get very concerned about how many games I can expect from him on a per year basis. So where like if you're setting his projection for 2020. How many games do you think is like a fair projection uh total to put on him?
2: You know, I was I just off the top of my head I was thinking 145 but that may be Yeah, I mean optimistic. I I would be hoping for like
3: 135 and
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's, yeah, that's he could big, still be a That
3: hurts. borderline 2020 guy with 135 games. I mean, he might even get there.
2: But you but. have to be realistic and miss games from year to year, you know, missed time does portend and correlate to future years. So that it is tough to really expect a full season from it. But, I, you know, I made my pick, and I'll Mm -hmm. I'll live with it. Yeah, you got one more. I think on this one, this is tough because the team has been so unwilling to turn them loose. But I think I'm going to bet on the talent, bet on the team context, and hope that they buy in themselves and go with Kyle Tucker here. Good to see him hitting since the call up. Still not playing every day, but I mean, um, Josh Reddick. Is he a free agent? I, I pray <laughs> to God he is. But I think either way, I think he has one more year. But we'll see. Either way, I'm I'm taking Kyle up
3: Yeah, that's you know that's good value on him. Um, I haven't you know. Have you gotten to see him since he's been back up? I don't think I've.
2: I watched, I think, See one I'm game gonna... because I was, it was that like blowout game, mm-hmm. and he had like, a couple hits, and I had a bunch of guys going in the head-to-head, and I was watching some of that. Nice. Uh,
3: I b- might watch him tonight. I've got Garrett Cole and Jake Odorizzi going in almost all my leagues I care about, so uh, I'm going to be flipping around quite a bit tonight. Uh, so Josh Reddick is owed. He's got 13 mil coming his way uh next year uh, final year of his deal but i'm sure i i just don't really see them letting that just give him the full side of a, a strong side platoon all year just because of that money i think they'll give him a chance to make good on that money but um all right so i'm gonna take nate low uh Very i think nice. that we are running out of Quality corner infield options, and you are still without a first baseman and a corner infield guy, so there's a little strategy involved here where I want to stick you with a couple of the remaining guys and not just one of them. Uh, I think Nate Lowe, at worst, is a strong side platoon guy next year, but, man, I I think that there's going to be a really nice buying opportunity this offseason because I think you'll be able to get him at a price in redraft leagues where – even just a strong side platoon thing is fine and you you get good value but if he were to play every day and i think his minor league numbers uh should at least give him a a chance to play every day uh if he plays every day i think he could really really be a steal in drafts this year Uh, so nate low and then you know it kind of dries up in terms of outfielders you actually want a roster after the guys that are already gone, there's still a ton of guys at middle infield that are very appealing. Uh, that's a, a kind of a big thing with this class is there's, you know, a half dozen second basemen and short that you'd happily roster.
2: So the entire major leagues too. Yeah. Just those, you know, that scarcity is completely gone now.
3: Yeah. Uh, all right, I am going to take – Shed long? <laughs> no. I'm going to take Austin Riley.
2: Nice.
3: I got it. I think he's another guy that I'll have quite a few shares of just because I think a lot of people are going to be off of him after his struggles over the past couple months.
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, a recency bias is such a thing. That's probably why Aquino still there. Um, but Riley was on such a great run Then you know, these last couple months really do, you know, inevitably ding him. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair pick. Now, you mentioned, you know, trying to you know, put the heat on me with the corner infielders. I'm looking at catcher. I'm thinking maybe that's a place where I can gain an edge. And a guy who I picked up in stake, uh, my third catcher in a one-catcher league. That's where I'm at uh, offensively. But he's been great. He's been – uh on per plate appearance basis a better I mean better than most of my other hitters, so I'm gonna go with Sean Murphy. Hell yeah. Locking in some production behind the plate, making you scramble for the Andrew Knisners of the world. Well, um, I've
3: I've done the math on catcher. I'm not gonna have to take Andrew Knisner.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Um now for my second pick, this one's a little bit tougher. And you know what? I'm thinking. I'm looking at those corners and I'm thinking, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna make like um some punter. I was trying to think of just any punter and I couldn't think of one. Uh, but I think I'm gonna pun it and uh go with i want to lock up speed and go with a guy who's really been impressive and has been keeping me alive in labor. Yeah, labor with chance to win it all, chance to win tout and labor this year. Uh, And this guy picked him up for 15 earlier in the season. He's been a big part of this in AL labor. Oscar Mercado. I'm going to leave Aquino sitting there and go with Mercado. Nice.
3: Yeah, that's a a good pick. You know, he actually, he's been been good for you, especially in uh, AL labor. But he doesn't have as many stolen bases, I think a lot of people would have guessed. How many does he have? I don't even know. He's got 13. That's pretty good though. in 104 games, though. Yeah. So I mean, he's not. I don't think that's quite a 20 steal pace. And I think when he first came up, like over the first like month or so, I think everyone would have expected him to be at around 20 by now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's tailed off slightly. He's still a guy that is going to be a commodity in drafts next year because of that. But
2: he's batting like 280, isn't he?
3: He is hitting 282. Yeah, 12 homers, 13 steals. Um,
2: Look at that outfield and, yeah. yeah, They brought in Puig but He's a free agent and I just don't see any threat to him.
3: Yeah and I see an opportunity To get Man the, It sucks because there's I think all the top guys on my board are middle infielders And I have one middle infield spot And one util spot So I might wait there A minute um yeah might have to wait there a minute uh
2: jacob stallings <laughs> <anything>?
3: <laughs> wow this would be quite an upset if i went in this direction no i'm just gonna take a, a steady guy uh I'm gonna, take I a- it is. I'm gonna take Alex Verdugo.
2: Oh, I am surprised by that. Uh
3: I like the team context. I don't really mind if he is strong side platoon. I think he's a asset, uh kind of you know, not really in speed, but I think he's a guy that's gonna hit for a high average. I wanna have a little bit more of a base and batting average before I get into these final rounds. And nice. then I get one more. It's tough to say who, you know, there's Carson Keller, there's Will Smith, there's Francisco Mejia. I think those are the top three at catcher, and maybe you want to include Danny Jansen if you want to buy into a bounce back. But, um, and it should, should be mentioned too. Jordan Alvarez, Nick Solak, and Zach Collins are all on pace to enter next year as util-only guys. So even though we think of Nick Solak as this guy that can play everywhere, think of Zach Collins as a catcher, uh, Jordan Alvarez is probably not going to get to enough outfield starts to qualify there, and Solak and Collins both in that same boat. So um, probably going to wait on them. If if they were eligible at different positions, they might be more appealing.
2: Uh, yeah, I was thinking about Solak. I was like, well, I can't even take him. But I think next year, you know, if, if I'm disciplined enough to not fill that UTIL spot, I'll have Solak everywhere. But just... Like with uh, Alvarez and other people, it seems like there's just one guy who I am willing to to, right. to uh, take that plunge with. I'm gonna take.
3: I'm gonna take Will Smith. Um, I know he's. I think he's cooled off a little bit. They there was a. Uh, I forget who they were even playing last night, but they did the four outfielders against him, which I absolutely love as a strategy against a guy like Will Smith, where it's like. 50% fly ball rate, make them uncomfortable, like make them sort of try to do something that they're not trying to do, put those four outfielders out there and just sort of see if they stay uh, with the same plan of attack. I think that's something that you're going to see a lot next year. But you know, power at that position, a lot of counting stat totals in that lineup. So uh, I like Will Smith.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I have him in a few leagues, and I'm probably unfairly – Discounting him too much, but it's been a rough go lately. I mean, he was red hot. He can't buy a hit lately, and I'm going to blame him for costing me my NL-only head-to-head championship. Um, Him and Aquino. (laughs) Now now I'm making them both pay by sitting out there. (laughs) There (laughs) I
3: I was so convinced coming into this exercise that you were going to take Aquino in like the first five rounds but you're uh you're showing a lot more restraint than i was expecting
2: yeah part of it's knowing that you're not going to take it, but also <laughs> i mean it's been brutal um propping me up for a while but then you know it was kind of like the uh trojan horse thing where you lock this guy into your lineup and now he's just been absolutely killing me a uh, real quick note before i make my next two picks uh, a word from our Friends over at Fantasy Draft. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, brings the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event with its $100,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 3. That's right, Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for Limited time promotional contest. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE. and you'll receive a free seven day trial on your first. of rake-free entry fees. That's fantasydraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. Okay, James. I was looking at maybe a guy who you I know you're a a fan of. Don't do it. And I think I am going to let him go through because (laughs) I've got some batting average anchors already. I could use some some juice. I think I, I'm going to take Carson Kelly with my first pick just because he is the clear uh catcher, top catcher on the board. He's been awesome better in real life, but uh fantasy catcher. I think overall he's like a top 8 fantasy catcher next year. Actually, I should have taken him over Sean Murphy, really. I should have taken him over Will Smith.
3: I what were we what were we thinking? Um,
2: well you couldn't have taken him over Will Smith.
3: I could have taken Carson Kelly over oh, Will Smith. Oh
2: yeah. I'm an idiot, sorry. I
3: yeah, I think top eight sounds about right. I just I love the fact that he probably isn't gonna take anything away. Uh his glove is good enough that you can kind of expect him to be in the lineup uh you know, at least on a like a sixty forty split, I think, next year. I mean, this was his first full year as a big league catcher, so you know, usually we see rookie catchers really struggle at the dish as they're adapting to the big leagues. And it's really encouraging that he really didn't seem to go through too many struggles.
2: Yeah. It's been pretty, I mean, somewhat quiet just cause I don't really hear of him having these monster games, but I took a look, glance at the numbers and yeah, really good for Carson Kelly. Now this next guy, well, again, I know you're not going to take a keynote, so I'm just going to let him fly <laughs> for now. And I'm looking at second base, I know the guy you're probably eyeing up. I'm gonna guess I'm gonna take the guy who I mentioned uh, incorrectly and uh, when I meant to say Bobuchette earlier, I said Kevin Biggio. And again, he did just come off that uh cycle. But really everything under the hood has looked okay. The average you don't know about, but again, I can withstand that hit if there is one from Biggio. And I think overall Things are looking pretty good for, for his major league future. So I'm going to take Biggio, plug him into the middle infield spot, although he'll be eligible, I think, in the outfield as well next year.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, Biggio has 13 steals. So, I mean, he's yeah. he's sixth. Uh, he's actually tied with Oscar Mercado at 13. Uh, so that's it's been a
2: godsend for my stake
3: team. That's something you would, you know, I just would not have expected him to be at double digit steals, even if he were hitting like 30 points higher in batting average i wouldn't have expected that so um yeah i mean he he's at about well he's got 100 more plate appearances but he's got more steals than like garrett hampson who people were taking for speed uh yeah it's been fascinating to watch him um all right that means that i'm gonna have to take you know, so I'm deciding that I really wanted these three middle infielders, and I just could not decide which two I wanted to take. Uh, Luis Urias, Luis Arias, and Kevin Newman. Um, you know, I think I have to take Kevin Newman because I just want another double-digit steal guy. Uh, I think the other two guys, I buy more into their them hitting for a high average, even though Newman hit – like 330 this year i i still really like arise and and urius's bats a little bit more but that speed is just at such a premium and man this is brutal i want i feel like these are two of my children uh just in terms of how much i love them uh but i think i'm gonna go with
2: I think I'm going to go with Luis Ariza
3: of the Twins. I think he.
2: So I knew I knew you were going to do it.
3: I think he could uh, win the batting title next year. I mean, he's just insane, uh, and he's one of my favorite players to watch take at bats. I know you were giving me crap earlier in the year for retweeting one of his walks, but he's. I think he's my favorite hitter to watch take a ball. I think he he does gives that little like nod, like kind of like a Kembe Matumbo, like nope like
2: <laughs> yeah i
3: just i love that uh that cockiness in terms of his eye at the plate
2: yeah just drops it on the table and walks to first <laughs> i appreciate it i'm looking at these first basemen and you really did stick me with some not great corner options although i guess there's a lot of you know whatever types here and i'm going to pass over some of those and go with one who i feel like has some upside also middle eligible if I really get in a pinch in this fake league next year. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Chavis. Pretty good run, and he made some adjustments. He really went through a bad period for a while, but he was making some adjustments before getting hurt, having that setback. and um, He's got that PD thing kind of looming in the background that you worry about, but I think Chavis uh, should be locked in. Uh, Mitch Moreland's a free agent next year. I think he'll be playing a lot. And I guess I got Dahlbeck, who maybe could threaten his role. But I think Chavis starts the year with the big club, and uh, I'll roll the dice there.
3: Yeah, I mean, he he definitely belonged in these uh, 28 players we're each going to have to take. I, mean, I think the only question I have with him, and it's kind of the same thing with uh, Nick Senzo, this is another guy that just can't seem to really stack seasons where he's playing in a bunch of games. He seems to always get dinged up with something or the the suspension you alluded to. But yeah, at this point, I think that that power and that offense will be playing in is pretty appealing.
2: And then for the second pick, I think I will take the plunge with our Steedace. He needs to go here. Uh,
3: <laughs> it's ins- it's it's insulting. Are you insulted on his behalf?
2: Kind of. Although I'm, I'm sure you're loving this as a guy who was an Aquino doubter to begin the, the year, and I get it. It's been I think he had like a 14 WRC plus for September before he had that homer yesterday. But look, he's still got 16. He's maybe the hardest guy to rank for all next year, but uh, this shows that he probably will fall in the majority of drafts. Well, what do you think
3: about the fact that neither of us has taken Brandon Lau, who <laughs> is sixth in among all rookies, among every single player we've talked about. He's sixth in Fangraph's war this year.
2: Really? And yeah. he hasn't played since what, like August And he's August only played 1st? 76 games, yeah. Jeez, that is crazy. I Now he's uh, – it
3: sucks that he's not outfield eligible, and that is not going to change, I don't believe. And so I think the fact that he enters next year as a middle infielder, we talked about just how loaded middle infield is. I mean, if he was an outfielder, I think I would have probably already taken him. Uh, but he's at 62 games at second base, and he has, what, like seven in the outfield? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's he's middle infield or second base only, and I think there's playing time concerns. But he was so good this year, I think it's weird that neither of us took him.
2: That is interesting. Yeah, I, I, this is a me falling victim to recency in and- – I just didn't realize how good he was before going down. I haven't seen him in forever, mm-hmm. so I think that plays a big part in it.
3: All right, I am going to take uh, my second catcher is going to be Francisco Mejia. And he was really
2: showing some improvement.
3: Yeah, I mean, the only thing you, I, the only thing I'm worried about with him is is just how many at bats does he get. But I still think offensively he's fine as a you know high end number two catcher. Uh, in 15-team leagues. And then I'm going to fill my last outfield spot with Jake Fraley, who uh, I knew would be there for me. I expect him to be there for me with my last pick in a lot of redraft leagues next year. Uh the playing time situation is airtight for him and
2: uh, power
3: and speed upset.
2: Yeah, you look at the names, because I have one more pick left, and it's a corner spot. The names who were, were going to go undrafted in this thing, Pretty crazy, honestly. The Kyle Lewis, uh, Sam Hilliard, who I saw just homered off Cindergard, Mike Isseymski. Hey, he hit a homer at uh, Fenway. Is there anything Horner
3: baseball, uh, old baseball writers love more than something like that? Oh, they were just like, losers. Were just, just <laughs> I mean, it was. It was an elephant walk on Twitter when uh, when that went down.
2: Just the the quote retweet. This is so cool. This is baseball. Oh, just the best. Oh, God, this, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of like, yeah, that's all right. It's fine. It's, it's it was, it was okay. It's there. <laughs> um, okay, so I got this corner spot. I'm looking at. I'm looking over at the third base column, and I see Abraham Toro. I know you like him, but he's not really in the mix for me. Yu Chang, Matt Dice, no. So really it's just the the block here of these four who are pretty much interchangeable. Actually, I guess, I guess there's an order here. It's Christian Walker, Austin Nola, Garrett Cooper, Matt Beatty. Matt Beatty's been good, but lack of a track record, I'm, I'm throwing him out. I'm also throwing Austin Nola out. So for me, it's between Christian Walker and Garrett Cooper. Cooper's been pretty darn good actually, but I think I'm going to go Christian Walker.
3: Okay, cool. Uh, Cooper, nah, I don't Cooper feel good and about Beatty it. were both OF eligible, which I think is is nice. I mean, you know, we're doing this for theoretically for NFBC dual positions. Great, but, yeah. That's uh, true. I think that that's a fine pick in Walker. So uh, late
2: bloomer, but he's had a pretty good year.
3: I'll run down my roster. You can run down your roster in a second. I have Will Smith and Francisco Mejia behind the plate. Peter Alonso, Gavin Lux, Tommy Bo Bichette, Kevin Newman are my infielders. Or Nate Lowe as well. And then Victor Robles, Hila Jimenez, Austin Riley, Alex Verdugo, Jake Fairley,
2: and then in Util, I have Luis Araiz. Nice. I got Sean Murphy, Carson Kelly, catcher, Michael Chavis, Keston Hira, Vlad Jr., Tatis Jr., Kevin Biggio, Christian Walker, Brian Reynolds, Nick Senzel, Kyle Tucker, Oscar Mercado, Aristides, and Jordan Alvarez. Uh, probably the best, uh, offense I'll ever put together.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would take, uh, I mean, these are legitimate 15 team offenses. I mean, Actually,
2: yeah, you probably could build you're,
3: a couple you're, of you're theoretically, I mean, you're going pitcher pitcher here to start because I don't think any of these guys other than Tatis gets into the second round. Uh, but yeah, if you went like ace, ace, and then ended up with this as your, uh, hitters, I think that you could do a lot worse.
2: Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Biggest snub for you? you uh, I think it's
3: it's got to be, um, <laughs> well, okay, I, here's some candidates. I think there's Brandon Lau. Uh, then you have Luis Urias, Carter Keboom, uh Nico Horner, the two Rockies guys, Garrett Hampson, Brendan Rogers. Who knows how that playing time shakes out next year? Uh, Abraham Toro. Nick Solak uh, did not go because of his util-only status. That's right. Uh, to me, it's Luis Arias. I think that's the guy that I am most upset that I couldn't find a, a spot for, but uh, I'm sure that I'm on a bit of an island with that.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I think i lean Solak as my pick, but I actually think Horner is right in there too. I don't see any reason why he won't be playing next year uh, to start the season.
3: I think the – Moral of the story here is you're really going to be able to wait on middle infield next year.
2: And really, there's just so many good hitters. Does that change things for you in terms of how you're going to approach? Actually, I know you were on Cole this year early and taking a start earlier. Are you going to do that again with uh, really being aggressive after starting pitching?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be the right guy. I think there's going to be four or five pitchers that I really, really – love the idea of getting in the first couple rounds, but I'm not going to force the issue on a pitcher just to take a pitcher there. Uh, I think, you know, first base, I feel like after catcher, first base might be the most shallow position.
2: How crazy is that? Yeah. A couple years ago, it was just stacked.
3: And so, I mean, if if to me, it's going to be ace pitching, speed, power speed guys, first baseman. Like, those are, that. that's sort of how I envision my first few rounds going in in most of my drafts i mean i would have no problem going ace and then like Mondesi or trey turner and then just getting my my power and my batting average later in the draft i, I think that that's doable whereas i think the opposite approach going you know juan soto freddie freeman and then trying to build from there like i think that that's just a lot more difficult
2: yeah i you know I've been a proponent proponent of really loading up with heck your first three picks on offense, but with the way things are, it's like this environment has shifted again, so I think I'm going to end up with a lot of Walker Bueller at the end of the first round this coming season um just the category impact the standings impact mm-hmm. of those guys is it, so much greater than the top hitter
3: it's never it it is almost never a bad pick when you take one of those guys and they stay healthy uh when you take Corey kluber blake snell this year uh um, yeah, snell that, hurt me that's when that's when it really backfires on you but like when you're taking garrett cole or justin verlander or walker bueller as long as they stay healthy like you know even guys like mike clevenger i mean there's there's a Dozen or so guys, like as long as they stay healthy, that's going to be a good pick for you. And it's yeah, you're kind of rolling the dice, but you're. It's not like you're going into every league with a eighty percent chance of winning it anyway. I mean, you, you're every move is uh, is a bit of a risk.
2: Yeah, like my kind of like that fifteen to twenty ace who I wanted to target was Corbin in a lot of leagues, mm-hmm. and that did pan out. But I just in a lot of leagues just don't have top to bottom the you know enough pitching well, to, to compete. And I'm I'm.
3: Making a late push at the TGFBI champs league and yeah,
2: I, and the overall right. Props yeah. to you. I saw you were like twelfth anyway the other day. I am. It's a hell of a run. I'm
3: second in champs and eleventh in the overall, but I I went Degrom Cole with my first two picks in that league. So yeah, that's nice. Um, that you know those guys stayed healthy, so those were great picks. If they hadn't stayed healthy, then
2: would be the same category. yeah I, I think obviously with those thresholds raised really in the offensive categories you still got a pound hitting early and often but there's more available hitting so um I'm willing to maybe take two two pitchers in the first like five rounds next year um we'll see I think my my approach has shifted a little bit though with this environment uh, before we move on to the final portion of the show, a quick rhetorical question: Just a heads up, did you know RotoWire has a college football podcast? That's right. Host Nick Whalen, John McKechnie, two of my favorite guys here at RotoWire. They'll be posting episodes each Wednesday throughout the season with a focus on fantasy and betting. Just search for RotoWire College Football anywhere you already listen to podcasts. James, I got a good one this week. I almost uh, deviated from my choice on the top commercial hip hop jams that we're still bumping today I almost deviated because a youngster here was talking smack about E40 again (laughs) Fonzarelli I I don't stand for it so I was thinking about going like baller blocking which actually I do like a lot but I'm going to stick with my previous choice and when I thought about this one I rubbed my hands together like Birdman Uh, I was happy I thought about this one and was able to fit it in before the end of the season Project Pat, Don't Save Her, featuring Three Six Mafia. Hilarious video. A guy goes to try to save, uh, you know, get a housewife, so to speak, and it doesn't go well for him. But Don't Save Her is a great song. Uh, Project Pat, really underrated, too. Check this one out if you haven't heard it, because you're going to be singing this hook in your head... (laughs) For the next it's, month. It's an amazing hook. It's a hilarious
3: song and, and video. Uh, I'm glad that that got included. Uh, I'm going to go in kind of an opposite direction. Uh, Vibrant Thing by Q Tip. It's uh, a good one. Wanted to get some uh, Tribe Called Quest representation in there. There might even be more tribe representation the longer this countdown goes. But uh, yeah, that was kind of a, one of my. Sort of the one of the sweet spots I think in commercial hip hop is sort of that late '90s, uh, and that that was one of the better songs from that period. I thought.
2: I'm gonna be real honest with you. I like the song now, but at the time I trashed trashed it. Didn't have a good reason to. <laughs> Just wasn't flashy. It wasn't. You know? it wasn't, it about, wasn't uh, I mean, wasn't about bling bling. No, it wasn't about don't save her. I mean, it was. <laughs>
3: it was <laughs> not like that at all.
2: Yeah, I. I've actually grown, uh, developed a great fondness for Tribe and Q-Tip, but at the time I put him on blast and and dogged him. Sorry, (laughs) Q-Tip. I apologize. That'll do it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports.